Hello, everyone. Welcome to another epi- another episode of the Curious Neuron Podcast. And for the first time, I am here live on YouTube as well. So thank you to those of us, uh, or those of you who are joining us. Um, if you haven't met me yet, my name is Cindy Huffington, and I am the host of the Curious Neuron Podcast, as well as the founder of Curious Neuron and the co-founder of Wondergrade, an app that helps your child develop emotion coping skills. So today we are talking about something that if you saw the title um, of this podcast or this YouTube live, you're probably wondering what in the world am I going to talk about? Why am I bringing up prisoners and uh, not prisoners, but a prison in, in Cyprus? And this is because I recently was watching the Netflix show Inside the World's Toughest Prisons. And uh, as you know, I always have the lens of somebody who uh, is trying to understand children and their development and and parenting. Um, I have a doctor degree in neuroscience and I studied um, schizophrenia, but focused on emotions and cognitive ability, which is why I brought that into Curious Neuron and the parenting work that I do right now. Um, So I was watching this episode, this particular episode that looked at a um, prison in Cyprus and changes they have made that made a huge difference um, when it comes to the prisoner's behavior and whether they're returning or not. And that's what I want to discuss with you today. Before I I do discuss this, I would like to thank the Tannenbaum Open Science Institute at the Neuro here in Montreal for supporting the Curious Neuron podcast. Open science is important to them as well as to us here at Curious Neuron. I want to take all the science and bring it out to you so that it's easy for you as a parent to make the decision and not apply it based on somebody's opinion, but take the science and figure out how that makes sense to you uh, as a parent. So that's my goal here with Curious Neuron. If you listen to the Curious Neuron podcast, make sure you subscribe and that you rate it and leave a review on iTunes. Send me an email at info at curiousneuron.com and I will send you a free PDF called Meltdown Mountain that gives your child between the ages of two and a half to six, seven, eight years old, a visual of what happens with our emotions and a toolbox of what they they can do when they're feeling this way. And if you need more assistance, of course, you can download the Wondergrade app for free. You get a two-week trial, a free trial, and that has activities that you can do with your child. You could uh, click on the show notes of this podcast episode to get the links to everything. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so that you are you know, aware of the YouTube lives. I'll be doing a lot more. And let me know in the comments where you're coming from, if you know about Curious Neuron through the podcast, through the blog, or if you knew, or if you new here um, and have been following me on YouTube. Thank you for everyone for joining and let's dig into this topic. I'm really excited about this. So like I told you, I was listening to this show called Inside the World's Toughest Prisons. And there was a particular prison in Cyprus that has radically changed what they've been doing. So this particular prison was extremely violent. Um, There were really high rates of of beatings and suicides and rapes and and, and just really um, intense um, things going on in this high, um, you know, in this prison. Now, what happened is that a few years ago, they had a new director, Anna, who came in. And what was interesting to me, I don't want to get into the details of whether or not that's the right way to run a prison. I don't. I, I just want to talk about the part that to me was interesting in terms of parenting. When she was talking about what she's changed, so they went from a punitive system to a, the way she said it was a person-centered um, approach. And as you know, I often talk about uh, you know, child-led learning or child 
centered um, parenting and just really taking the time to be curious about her child's behavior and to be compassionate. And when I was listening to her, she really seemed to be following um, a lot of what I've been talking about in parenting, things that are covered by research, as you know. Um, If you do follow us on Instagram, curious uh, underscore neuron, you know that I've posted lots of sources there. So if you'd like some of the sources with what I'll be talking about today, feel free to go to our Instagram account or our our blog at curiousneuron.com. So what happened is that obviously when somebody ends up in prison, it's not just about the, it's it's about the the penalty and the, the consequence right? When we look at it that way, but there's a rehabilitation part to it. And that's what she was talking about with the rehabilit- the with that aspect of the rehabilitation. What they're trying to change is really um, helping the prisoners learn um, empathy. Um, here's, here's what she spoke about, integrity, fairness, respect, uh, and communication. So she really spoke about things that we as parents are trying to teach our children. What marked me is when they do speak to the prisoners on this TV show or this Netflix um, special is that many of the prisoners talk about really bad childhoods. That could be a topic on its own. And perhaps one day I will get into that. Well, I do get into childhood and the environment and how important that is. The last episode, it's on our YouTube channel as well. Um, we spoke about ACEs, adverse childhood events, and 67% of adults have experienced at least one adverse childhood event. That's a huge number um, of adults because basically an adverse childhood event is either some form of neglect, abuse, or household dysfunction. Um, And just having one of those does increase our chances of mental illness, of physical illness. Now, there's a lot of debate whether or not, you know, the... the, Because you, for example, divorce could be... It is one of the aces on the list. And it could impact one person very differently than another person. And the divorce could be um, very amicable in one family, but not in another, which will have a different impact on the children um, experiencing this. So that is something that we can talk about in another episode. But stay till the end of this. I don't want to make it very long because I know many parents ask that we have much shorter podcast episodes. So today, what I really want to focus on is the um, discipline that we are applying or you might be applying within your home and how that's related to research, how it's related to behavior, how it's related to emotions and how it's also linked to the parenting style. So I brought up parenting style a few times, but I want to bring it up again because this is um, these are all the thoughts that were triggered in my mind when I was listening to this um, Cyprus, uh, this prison in Cyprus talking about how they've completely changed what they're doing here and they're seeing these prisoners as people. Yes, they've committed crimes and we don't want to um, minimize that but all I want to focus on is the kind of discipline that and how they've changed the way they discipline the um, prisoners and how we could um, not apply this in our home but it's backed by research it's everything that I've been telling you guys about for years now here at Curious Neuron so um, she also mentioned that the reoffending rate before they started this method in the prison um, was over 50%, and now they've brought it down to 15, about 15%, just to show you the difference in helping a person feel like a person, a human. Same thing applies with our kids. Um, Anna, who was one, she, she took over this podcast uh, a couple uh, weeks ago, I think now, she was talking about like how we really need to see kids as humans. And, and I know that sounds weird when we say that out loud, but sometimes we treat them very differently and we don't realize that they're humans like us and need to feel seen and need to feel soothed and need to feel um, that they have a place to feel safe. And when we discipline, we have to still apply that. And that's why I want to talk about that today. So 
let's look at the parenting styles that I've spoken about, uh, you know, whether it's through the blog or podcast or on Instagram, the parenting style that we do want to apply within our home is balancing the warmth and sensitivity with our child or helping them feel seen with the limits and the boundaries. So limits and boundaries are really important. If you have a home that is all about the warmth and the sensitivity towards your child's ne- your child's needs without having any of the boundaries, it's actually not a good thing for them because once they become an adult and there are many, many boundaries around them, it makes people really uncomfortable. Now, again, these are all relationships that we've seen in research, but it's a reminder that even if we if we are uncomfortable as a parent with setting boundaries for whatever reason, perhaps we come from a home where we came from a home where there weren't no, there weren't many boundaries, or maybe we come from a home where there were so many boundaries that we want to do the opposite for a child, but we have to remember that we do need to balance it. So obviously certain boundaries, you know, have to be stricter and and some boundaries don't have to be, but have boundaries within your home. Um, And, and you, you, you want, again, thinking about your child as they get older, children who have, who grow up without boundaries, feel uncomfortable with boundaries, and they start to struggle with their mental health, anxiety, and depression because boundaries become overwhelming. They make me uncomfortable. They make me experience emotions that I don't know what to do with. Something we're covering on Instagram this week is a quote from a parent that I heard that said, um, it was a mom who said, how can I teach my child what to do when they're sad when I don't know what to do when I'm sad? You experience and learn that when you are experiencing boundaries as a child. Boundaries are going to make kids sad, frustrated, mad, disappointed, all the emotions that you want them to experience so that you can act as their frontal lobe, as their brain, the rational brain, and work them through the steps of what to do when they're feeling this way. So that's why it's really important to have these boundaries because you want them to experience that so that you could tell them it's okay to feel disappointed that you can't have a whole box of chocolate chip cookies tonight before you go to bed. I can't give them to you. That's the boundary. Um, but I, I I understand that it's disappointing. Come, let's just sit together and, and feel sad together. It's okay. Um, and, and experiencing that, right? So we want children to experience that. And when parents ask me, you know, they have like eight, nine-year-old kids and they want their tra- their child to feel motivated in school and to motivate themselves and to have the confidence and the resilience. It all goes back to our childhood and having those really uncomfortable moments, whether it's with parents or with our friends or with their teachers or whomever, we want our children to have those moments because that's when they will build the resilience. That's when they will start building those skills that they need um, that will be important later on. And that's why boundaries are so important. So Boundaries have to stay within a home, just as we saw in, in you know in that episode that I mentioned you know, at the beginning. Now, the other side of this coin is the warmth and sensitivity. And sometimes parents ask me, "What does warmth? What does warmth and sensitivity look like when you're parenting your child and they've done something that you need to discipline?" Well. If your child hit a sibling or if your child threw a toy at a sibling, the boundary becomes right, you know, you need to, to set that right away. Either distance them and tell them that you're protecting both of them because you don't want anybody to get hurt anymore. Then go towards the child who's hurt. They need to be soothed and feel seen and taken care of. It's okay to move the other child away, but yelling at them and, you know, I've done this before and I, I immediately regretted it because it happens. We're all human, by the way. We're all parents and and we make mistakes. But when you 
create the consequence right away and remove your child and get really mad at them for hurting another sibling when you didn't hear or see what happened before and only once once everything settles down and you sit with them and you realize that your two or three-year-old who still doesn't have the communication skills was actually trying to protect themselves from the older sibling taking a toy away and you didn't see this, you would have addressed the situation a lot differently. I don't know if you've had this happen to you, you know, I have, and and as you know, I have um, three kids, three-year-old, five-year-old, and a seven-year-old. The younger ones are boys, and it happens that they're arguing over toys, and I don't hear or see what happened before. So now I have to remind myself in those moments where I feel the big emotions around a child getting hurt, I still separate them and create, you know, create that boundary of like, I don't want you guys next to each other, because you're clearly both really upset. But instead of reacting towards that right away, I take a breath and create a pause between my child's action and my reaction so that I could actually think rationally and allow my frontal lobe to work instead of being bombarded by my own emotions and climbing up that emotion mountain like my kids do. I don't want to be at the same level of high emotions as them. I have to be that rational thinker. So I have to create that pause and before disciplining and screaming or whatever it is, really take that pause to say, what happened here and ask the questions, start with curiosity. And once I hear the situation, my discipline becomes a moment of teaching, a moment of helping my children see that I need to be fair. So you are not allowed to hit, you are not allowed to throw toys. You did it for this reason. And I will give you the alternative to hitting. I will give you the alternative to um, acting this way or behaving this way from with your siblings because now I see there was a, an emotion underlying that it was frustration and you just wanted your toy back but you thought it was okay to hit and and or throw a toy and I can't let you do that I'm going to sit with that child and help them feel seen that's the sensitivity part and the responsiveness to my child's needs they need me to teach them what to do when they feel disappointed or frustrated they're only two or three years old they don't know how how to do that. Their frontal lobe hasn't developed that skill yet. So I need to teach them what to do. So that's what I mean when I talk about balancing the warmth and the boundaries. Um, yeah, the warmth with the boundaries. It's, it's about helping your child feel seen. And if we are always, always in the mode or the, the, you know, the mindset of disciplining and yelling and consequences and time out, I don't have anything. I don't, I don't have anything against time out like a hundred percent against I don't use them I've never implemented them and I don't recommend them because it doesn't in my mind use what I know through research in terms of um, applying that helping a child feel seen and 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 respected and you know teaching in that moment um you know I've had this discussion with parents there are studies out there with you know about like time out and they don't say that there's anything really wrong with them. However, they are usually not effective because a child isn't learning. So that is why, to me, that's enough research for me to say, I don't want to implement timeouts in my own home. What I'd like to do is really teach my children how to communicate their needs to each other, how to communicate emotions, because that's something we all struggle with, even as adults. And this is where the integrity and the fairness and the respect part that really marked me when they were saying this about this particular prison because we need to include that within our home as parents as well. And when we discipline very strictly, and we especially if we are using um, corporal punishment or spanking, we are not implementing what we've learned through research, what we didn't know before. So maybe some of us were raised that way, where it was about fearing your parents. And that again comes into the method of discipline that they use within prisons, right? 
There are consequences to your actions and these people have to learn, but they also need to be rehabilitated. They also need to learn what's the difference between right or wrong. They need to learn how to navigate emotions. They need to learn how to treat other people, especially when your emotions are big and angry and and, and sad. How do you treat those around them? You still need to treat them with respect the same way that we need to treat our own child with respect, not shaming them when they've done something wrong and, and just really taking the time to think about what we want them to learn and how we're teaching them right from wrong. Um, and, and I, you know, I spoke about um, spanking in the previous episode of this podcast. I think I, I, I have an episode on YouTube as well for those of you watching. Um, but it's really important for us to think about what we are doing what we want to teach when we discipline using fear, because in the end, we know through research that spanking does lead to more behavioral problems in a child. So again, does lead, can lead. Let me say can lead because it's research and everything is a relationship. So, but does that to me, that doesn't mean that we can say, yeah, well, I could do it and might not happen. It means that we're learning that we should not do it. And there are other ways. Research has taught us that being sensitive towards our child, our child's needs and responsive towards their needs is going to help them be better humans. And that is what we want for them. Now, I spoke about the ACEs and parenting styles and discipline. I wanted to keep it short. And I hope I gave you enough food for thought this week for you to really think about how you are disciplining your child. What parenting style you were applying within your home? Are you and your partner both balancing that warmth and sensitivity with your child with those really uh, important limits and boundaries within your home? Or um, are you guys really focusing on one side of this, just the boundaries or just the warmth and sensitivity? You can balance each other out. There could be a parent that's a little bit more strict, um, but again, as long as you're also including some warmth and sensitivity towards your child, they are little humans. They are humans um, that are learning how to navigate this world around them. So how can we teach them to be better humans and to be good humans and what's right and wrong if we are not taking the time to listen to them, to be curious about what their needs are, to be curious about what the emotion is that they're feeling right now, and to be compassionate around that as well. That is what we want our kids to do, right? When they're with friends, when they're in a relationship, when they're at work and they have a coworker who's acting a certain way, we want them to look beneath that and to say, hey, is everything okay? Is something going on? Because I've noticed you've been acting out in a way that's not you. We want to be able, we want to teach our kids to be able to see the humans around them in that kind of light. And that is what Curious Neuron is all about. So ask yourself these three questions. When I'm not disciplining versus when I am disciplining, does my child still in both situations feel safe with me, with anybody who's disciplining them? Do they feel loved and needed? Because you can have a moment when you discipline your child, but finish off with a, a repairing, right? Of like, look, this happened and we both, you know, we're up emotion mountain and we both acted a certain way. I love you and I'm sorry that I, I, I acted this way or I'm, I'm sorry that I had to, you know, move you to the side, but I had to protect you. The child is still feeling loved and, and feels that they're part of this learning experience. And are they feeling validated and seen? Did you discipline them 
without giving them a moment to explain what happened. And if it's a young child, then it's us, it's up to us as a parent to say, when I step back, I noticed that this is happening very often. What? Why is this happening? Is it a certain time of the day when my child is acting out? Or is it with their sibling? Do they need to learn how to share or wait or be patient, right? And wait for their turn because you don't have to share a toy right away. And we've spoken about all of that in different episodes, but I want to end it there. So I hope you do apply this thinking this week. And, and if you do have a partner that might struggle with this, listen to this episode or watch it on YouTube and think about it together create a game plan of what you want to create within your home, what kind of discipline, what kind of um, relationship are you trying to build with your child. And if you want to work on that, we have the Better Me, Better Parent um, workshop that is up on our website at curiousnown.com. You could um, purchase it on the Academy. And I've heard lots of good reviews from parents who feel that it's helped them really take the moment to think about who they are as a person, who they want to be as a parent, how they want to build this relationship. And there's a huge um, questionnaire in the last chapter of this workshop uh, that is from research and helps you assess the relationship that you have with your child. Thank you to everyone for listening to this live episode of the Curious Neuron Podcast on YouTube. If you're listening on um, iTunes or Spotify or Amazon, uh, Google Play, wherever you are, thank you for tuning into the Curious Neuron Podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Follow us on Instagram and I will see you next week. Bye, guys.